This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Talk about a very powerful force. Um, chapter 3 from verses 1. James said, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that ye shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. Meaning, you can offend people in different things or in different ways. He says, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, a matured man, and able also to bridle the whole body. James is saying something very powerful here. James is saying that the discipline of the human body begins with the discipline of the tongue. Verse 3, he says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Verse 4, he says, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. It's called a ruder, right? What you would call a steering in a vehicle. He says, whithersoever the governor listeth. Verse 5, he says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasted great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and set it on fire the course of nature. That's very powerful. Set it on fire the course of nature. That means our tongues are powerful enough <laughs> to change nature. That's what James is saying. He says, and it is set on fire of hell, Verse 7, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and had been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. Now you must understand the context in which James is saying this. He's saying in a person's natural human ability, you might struggle with taming the tongue. Right? He says it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and there we curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, my brethren. Now, from the context of what James is saying, you would understand that he's writing this portion of the Bible to Christians. He says, my brethren, right? Cause we God, bless we God, all of that is writing to Christians. He says, but the tongue, okay, verse 9, sorry. There we bless we God, even the Father, and there we cause we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. 
But the fountain sent forth at the same place sweet water and bitter. Verse 12. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. What is James saying in this portion of the scripture? He's saying something very powerful. He's saying that the direction of a person's life would go in the direction of the person's words. That's what James is saying. Summary. And James is saying that the first element or the first member of our body which we should trust the Holy Spirit to help us work on is our tongue. Because if we can do that with our tongue, we'll be able to do that with our bodies. That's what James is saying. And I like verse 4. Verse 4 says, Behold also the ships. I mean, I don't know how many of you have seen I mean, I've ever seen, you know, these massive vessels on water. Massive, I mean, so he's not talking about a boat. So, you know, you have a boat, you have a ferry, who is, which is bigger than a boat, right? Then you can have one that is in between, you know, and they have different names, a yacht, you know. But he's talking about a ship. That's a ship, one as big as maybe the Titanic. He says a ship as massive as it is. And with all of the winds that are determining and fighting against its direction, trying to define the direction in which the ship would move. He says that ship, as big and mighty and massive as it is, is controlled by something called the helm, the ruder. You call it a steering in a car. And James is saying that regardless of the wind, the force of the wind, regardless of the kind of force that is against a ship, if the ruder is being controlled by a governor, a captain, in a particular direction, against all odds, the ship will move in that direction. Meaning, all that the captain or the governor needs to do if the captain or the governor of the ship wants to move the ship east is to turn the ship the ruder rather east and keep it east so let me explain something to you and and pastor explained this many many years ago he was talking about this and he said you know um for those people who um captain ships or move ships from one place to the other they understand that because of the size of the ship if you want a ship to go north and the ship is going south what you do is to turn the ruder north and keep it and hold it north the ship will still be going south but after a while the ship will begin to recognize that excuse me my owner wants me to go north and then the ship begins to move not gradually 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 till it's moving fully enough now that's the same way life is and that's what james is saying if your life is going in a particular direction 
and you want your life to go in the opposite direction, what you must do is to change the speech that is coming out of your mouth and keep it in that direction, regardless of the winds that are blowing against you. Because you see, a lot of times, the wind comes to change the direction of our speech. That is the goal of the wind. I mean, do you remember in the book of Matthew chapter 14, the Bible tells us the story about Peter. You know, Peter, Jesus had just done this wonderful miracle. Um, you know, the disciples were on this boat and they were sailing in a particular direction. And Jesus went to pray. And the Bible says after Jesus prayed, Jesus was coming to the disciples and walking on water. Right? And when Jesus was walking on water, you know, Peter and the other disciples looked out of the boat and they could see Jesus. And, you know, they shouted out, you know, who is that? Because they thought it was a ghost. This is Matthew 14. And the Bible tells us that Jesus said it is I. And Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat or the ship and began to walk on water too. Hallelujah. And while Peter was walking on water, the Bible says Peter looked to his left and his right and he saw the wind and the waves. Can you just go? And in the next verse, verse 29, go to 29. He says, and Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. Then the Bible says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. Next verse. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? Next verse. Now, next verse. Now he says, and when they were coming to the ship, what happened to the wind? Because the wind came to make him sink. The wind ceased. Because when the wind recognized that Jesus had come and Peter got out and was walking, he saw the wind. He got distracted with the winds and began to make his confessions about the wind. And I said, hey, Lord, save me. I'm, I'm sinking. And Jesus said, why did you doubt? You should have just kept walking. Because I said, come. <laughs> you should have maintained your confession. You should have maintained what you were saying. You know, in the book of Genesis, let me show you something very quickly. Regardless of the blessings that can be pronounced upon a person, and how great the destiny of that person is, if we do not learn to converse rightly, we might never realize that destiny. Genesis chapter 49. Now the Bible tells us in the book of, I think Genesis 49 from verse 17. Um, sorry, 48. 48 verse 17. Genesis 48, 17. The Bible says, talking about Joseph, Joseph knew that Jacob was dying. So J Joseph took his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. The firstborn was Manasseh, the secondborn was Ephraim. So Joseph took them to go meet his father, for his father to bless them. Now, according to the Jewish custom, if Jacob was to bless both of these kids, since Manasseh was the firstborn, 
Jacob was supposed to place his right hand on Manasseh's head and then place his left hand on Ephraim's head. Do you understand that? Now, but watch what Jacob, Jacob did. 48 verse 17. The Bible says, And when Joseph saw that his father, because his father, rather than placing the right hand on Manasseh's head, he placed the right hand on Ephraim's head and the left hand on Manasseh's head. He crossed his hands like this. And then the Bible says in verse 17, And when Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, which was the second born, he displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove from Ephraim's head onto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father. This is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. Verse 19. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son. I know it. He also shall become a people. And he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations verse 20 and he blessed them that day saying indeed shall israel sorry indeed shall israel bless saying god make thee as ephraim and as manasseh and he sets ephraim before manasseh meaning there was a passage of the blessing of greatness now do you remember what had been coming from abraham abraham to isaac from isaac to jacob so jacob had the blessing he was about to go now i mean just to give you some sense of the quality of what i'm talking about you remember that when abraham was supposed to die the bible tells us that abraham gave gifts to the children of Keturah, his other wife, and when he looked at Isaac, the Bible says he gave all that he had to Isaac. If he gave this one's gift, and he gave all that he had to Isaac, he must, we, the Bible was not talking about something that was material. It was talking about what produced every other material thing that we could see. What it was, was the blessing. Now, <laughs> I... Uh, when he did this, you see, the Bible explains to us that Isaac understood that he carried the blessing. So when it was the time of Isaac to give this, he was about old and about to die, he was supposed to pass the blessing. He looked at Esau and Jacob and he told Esau, he says, go get me venison that I love. And you remember the story, you know, the mother played some interesting games and it was Jacob that the blessing rested upon. You remember? Now, that was the same blessing that Jacob was going to pass on to the next generation. But the Bible explains to us that that blessing, who did he pass it to? Ephraim. So Ephraim had a covenant of blessings upon his life. Meaning Ephraim had the ability and the potential to become as great as he would ever dream of. Now, let me show you something very interesting that happened. The book of Judges. So the tribe of Ephraim became what we call the tribe of the Ephraimites. Is that okay? The book of Judges. Chapter 12. 
Judges chapter 12 from verse 4. Now, for the sake of time, I mean, it's the story of a guy named Jephthah, who was one of the judges of Israel. Now, Jephthah had gotten into some problems with a particular tribe called the tribe of Ammon. And Jephthah had gone to fight the tribe of Ammon, but on his way to fight the tribe of Ammon, he had spoken to the Ephraimites, who were descendants of who? Ephraim, that had the blessing to be great. Now, and they refused to fight with him. So Jephthah went and defeated the Ammonites, and on his way back, the Ephraimites now came to meet him. Now, from verse 4, the Bible says, Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead, right, and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim, because they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim, among the Ephraimites, and among the Manassites. Verse 5, And the Gileadites took the passage of Jordan before the Ephraimites, and it was so that when those Ephraimites, which were escaped, said, Let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto him, Art thou an Ephraimite? If they said no, they were going to do it, conduct a test to give you context. So, after um, Jephthah and his people, the Gileadites, had gone to fight the Ammonites and the Ephraimites confronted them, they told the Ephraimites, you know what guys, please don't let us fight. The Ephraimites were still talking, so they fought. And Jephthah and his people defeated the Ephraimites. So the Ephraimites began to run. So what Ephraim, Jephthah rather, and his people did was that they laid siege for the Ephraimites. And as each Ephraimite came, they would ask, are you an Ephraimite or you are not? And the people would say, oh no, me, Ephraim. You know, these guys were good. They came from a, very, a part of the world that we all know. Say, me, <laughs> at all. Who are they? Ephraim. I don't even know what you are talking about. I don't know them. And they said, okay, they said, okay, you are not an Ephraimite, so let's conduct a test. Now watch the test, verse 6. The Bible says, then said they unto them, say now, Shibolet. <laughs> Isn't it funny? <laughs> he said, okay, you are not an Ephraimite. Okay, it's okay. But you say Shibolet. Now, what do they say? The Bible says, they will say sea bullets. You know, you remember, you know the H factor. <laughs> you say, say sea bullets. They will say sea bullets. I say, sea bullets are uh, an Ephraimite. Oh, yeah, kill him. Now, read this passage. Now, every time I've read this passage, I've been amazed. Now, the Bible says, and they took him and slew him at the passage of Jordan, and there fell at that time, the Ephraimites, 42,000. I mean, the first person came. They said, say Shibolet. He said, Sibolet. Bah, they killed him. Second person too came. They said, say Shibolet. Sibolet. Bah, they killed him. And you are still coming and saying Sibolet. <laughs> but the Bible tells us why. It says they could not frame their tongue to pronounce it right. I'm sure they tried. Maybe somebody came there said, shush, shush, shush. <laughs> said no, you, you are different. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> now, what killed these people? Talk to me. What killed them? What? Talk to me. What killed them? Their tongue. 
even though they had a covenant of greatness, 42,000 of them died one day. Why? They couldn't say the right thing. Ah. They couldn't say the right thing. Even when they were seeing death in front of them, they couldn't still say the right thing. They were still saying bullets instead of shibboleths. Ah, do you understand why the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue? I mean, it is that powerful. <laughs> death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can use your tongue to go towards life, or you can use your tongue to go towards death. And it would not matter the blessings upon your life. Because even the blessing responds to the words of your mouth. You can practically define what Saturday morning will be like for you. I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, you know, so let me explain something to us. You see, who is a man of God? <laughs> you see, a man of God is a vessel that God can use. Pastor is somewhere praying. He's gone away to pray and get himself ready for Saturday morning. And you see, <laughs> if you were in church on Sunday, you could sense that there was something building in the atmosphere. You know, it's, it's like rain. You know, the clouds are gathering. You know, it's getting dark. It's about to fall. Very heavy rain. And what is going to happen on Saturday is that when he comes here, you'll be making a mistake to think, ah, is that not pastor that we used to play with? I mean, you must understand, a man of God is a channel, a portal on the face of the earth pass across something from God to a person. And you see, sometimes, regardless of how much a man of God has prepared, he can walk into a meeting and the expectations of the people is so high that he will do things beyond himself. I mean, I, I don't... I, I, you see... <laughs> Uh, there are things you can say to God. There are things you can say in your place of prayer. Tomorrow, Friday, there are things you can begin to confess about Saturday morning. That when that day comes, it will be impossible for God not to reach out to you. I mean impossible. Because you would have shaped the atmosphere. Regardless, remember again, regardless of the wind that is hitting a ship, it is the words of your mouth that will determine the direction you go. I'm telling you, regardless, regardless. You know, You know, I, 
I remember, and I think Pastor made mention of it um, on Sunday. I remember it was 3rd of January, or sorry, 3rd of September. 3rd of September, um, 2018. 3rd of September, 2018. I think my birthday coincided with a major event we had in church, one of the media conferences, you know. And, you know, I think so, 3rd of September was a Saturday, 4th was a Monday. So, after we finished, you know, as the custom was, had this one of a wonderful man of God, very good friend of the house, ministered that Sunday. And in the evening, we all went, you know, the pastors, the CEC, went to see this dear man of God, and we had a very good conversation with him. You know, pastor would always give us that opportunity. We asked lots of questions, he answered, and we all went home. Then, you know, because of, you know, the program and all of those things, you know, people just, I mean, people forget your birthday and all of that, and a few people's happy birthday and all that. And then so I mentioned to Pastor Shola, I said, sir, I said, so, you know, it was, so he called me, he said, oh, Joshua, I want to wish you, so, okay, so the program ended on the 2nd, Monday was 3rd, so, you know, my birthday was just immediately after the program, so on Monday, I remember very vividly, I was somewhere in VI, and I had this conversation with him. He called me, said, oh, Joshua, I want to wish you a happy birthday. I said, thank you, sir. And he prayed and prayed and prayed. And after praying, he said, ah, but you should have told me that if you had mentioned it yesterday, I would have just told that this man of God to pray for you. <laughs> and I said, ah, no, sir. No, 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 no. That, that man of God, I love him. We respect him. But he's not my pastor. He's not my father. You are my pastor. You are my father. So whatever you tell me is what I would receive and believe and experience. And pastor said, wow. And kept quiet for a while. And he asked, what do you want? <laughs> ah. I won't say see bullets. <laughs> I won't say bullets. No, 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 no. At that time, I and my wife, we had prayed and we had written down some very powerful confessions and we were saying it consistently, you know, throughout the year, trusting God for, you know, a better job and all of that. And immediately said that. I said, sir. Start first. The first thing is, I want to change my job. And you know what Pastor said? He just said, "It is done." That's all he said on the third of September. That was Monday. And I said, "Amen." <laughs> on Tuesday, I was at a client site and I saw a pop-up on um, LinkedIn. I saw the name, I said, oh, okay, this person works with Philips Consulting, good. So I just accepted the invite. <laughs> and immediately the person sent me a chat. Are you interested in working with this organization? I said, yeah, I think so. I said, okay, can you send me your CV? I said, this thing is, is happening too fast. But well, no problems, I sent the CV. 
Can you come for an interview? <laughs> on the fourth. On the fourth. The next day. Well, to cut the long story short, this was September. By October, I had seen everybody I was supposed to see, and I had an offer. Saints, I and my wife were declaring from January. Now, listen, the declaration didn't make sense. What was our declaration? Joshua, you will get a job that will pay you three times your current salary. It didn't make sense. I'm in HR. I mean, for those of you in HR, you know how these things work. 30% increase, you know, that's, <laughs> we have all this science we use. And that was my confession. We were confessing that consistently. When the offer came, it was exactly three times my current salary at that time. Three times. Now, it's interesting that everything, I, I mean, it's amazing how you can just keep some words in your mouth and keep confessing it, you know, and the winds are blowing and just keep confessing those words. And then when the blessing lands, it lands with the right word. So the right connections are made. You know, it's like carrying positive and negative. You know why? What happens? A spark. That yes, this is your time. But what would happen if there are no words that are going forth consistently? The anointing will come. And you ask, what do you want? And I'll be thinking, i say, a better job. Yes, I will get a better job, but maybe not three times my current salary. So I and my wife learned the lesson. So we started confessing again. <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> Another one. And we started confessing again. <laughs> because these things are predictable, saints. Listen to me. Two things. Number one. As we prepare for Mercy Encounters on Saturday, I want you to begin to shape how Mercy Encounters will be. You see, the, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me teach you a secret. I mean, I have some few minutes left. Let me teach you a secret. The way I pray for Mercy Encounters, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you will send your servant to me. My word would come in that meeting. Lord, words that would promote me. Words that would uplift me. Whatever has looked like an impossibility. Oh Lord, light is coming in that meeting. Oh, you are stirring up your servants in my direction. I don't care if we are 50,000 people watching. <laughs> in my direction. Lord, you are stirring your servants in my direction. Oh Lord, let me be sensitive to hear the word that belongs to me. Because my life will not be the same. After the meeting, my family will not be the same. Oh, as, as, as pastor has declared on unusual wealth, ah, <laughs> Lord, that anointing for wealth rests mightily on me. Oh, I can see myself after Saturday. I see everything I lay my hands on prospering. I see that business doing well. And I state specific figures. You know, I see my career going upward. Oh, I see that promotion happening. I mean, I am very specific. And I am chanting those words consistently. I am doing things on Thursday and I'm chanting those words. I'm going about doing different things, greeting people, I'm chanting those words. 
Friday, I'm doing the same thing. When it's time to pray, I'm saying, Father, I'm, I'm not even saying, Father, I want this to happen. No, 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 no. Because I've been chanting the words. So my prayer is, Father, I thank you because it has happened. Thank you because this is my experience. Thank you because this is, I, I begin to say those things as though they've already happened. Because you see, <laughs> as you make those confessions with your mouth, it's important to begin to see them happen. Begin to paint a picture. You know, pastor started this year by talking to us about imagination. Do you remember? Go get the tapes. He was talking to us about pictures. You see, that's where the greatest warfare happens. So I begin to paint the picture. I begin to see it. I begin to see it. I begin to see it. I'm telling you the truth. There is no time I have prayed this way that it won't happen. You know, something very interesting happened during Mercy Conference, the Mercy Conference. You know, before the Mercy Conference, as we're praying about the Mercy Conference, I saw, I saw, I mean very vividly, while praying and praying and praying as, as part of my confession, I saw Reverend Today Bolanta and pray for my family. I saw it. Now, some work exigencies happened. I had to travel on Friday, so I wasn't here physically. But I wasn't surprised when in the half evening, I called my wife, said, do you know what happened today? She said, we prayed. I was laughing. I told her, I said, I saw it. How do you see those things? How can a man come all the way from Kaduna and you ensure that whatever is carrying, so that it directly comes to you? And you do not leave the meeting as one of those that attended the meeting and mark register that I was there. What happened? Let people know you were there because they can see it in your life. Hallelujah. 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 So the first thing I'm telling you this evening is that change the way you are praying about Mercy Conference. Begin to declare the things and thank God because those things would happen. Number two, as you go about your life, make sure that you do not allow the wind to determine the words that you speak. Never say things like, I'm having a bad day. You, how can you have a bad day? Let us, let's talk. How can you have a bad day? Can you have a bad day? You say, ah, everything is not working. You? How would things not work? Do you know who you are? You are the son of the king. You see, you are the king's seed. You are the king's... <laughs> you know, the Bible says, calls Jesus king of kings. Who is the first king? Who is the second king? Do you know? How would things not work? You say, ah, is this everybody is against me? Against you? They can't be against you. You have a covenant with God for everything to favor you. So regardless of what is happening around you, say, I'm favored. I'm helped. I mean, people just love me. People just help me. I mean, I'm highly favored. You have a terrible boss. He's making life miserable for you. Don't join those. If it's everybody saying, ah, this guy is wicked. This man is wicked. This woman, why is she like this? Say, ah, he will favor me. Has no choice but to favor me. He, I mean, he, the, the, the woman or the man is feeling, you know, you know when somebody is having contractions that are favor, don't favor, favor, don't favor. At the end, it will be favor, 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 favor. That is the way to work with you. Because your life is different. Your case is different. I'm telling you. Because you are the king's kid. Do you, do you understand that? Do you know what it means to be a new creature? You belong to the most powerful family on the face of the earth. I'm telling you. You belong to the wealthiest family on earth. 
There is nothing you need. The Bible says a cattle upon a thousand hills are his. And if, I mean, that is the God that we serve, and that is the God that is our Father. So everything works together for your good. So everything works together. It has to work together for your good. I'm telling you, it has no choice. You know, you make progress and progress. Listen to me. I know that this is against conventional wisdom. People say life is ups and downs, ups and downs. Your own is different. My own is up and up and up and up and up. They say sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Not you. You, you win and you win. I mean, there are two options. You win and what? You win. There's a dear man of God, you know. I mean, and he has this massive poster in Abuja. If you go, you travel to Abuja, you see it massive. And you know what the poster says? He says, heads or tail, we win. <laughs> heads or tail, no matter how it goes, you will win. I'm telling you. Why? Because we are more than conquerors. That is your confession. That is what you should continue saying. That is what you should continue saying. And as we go into mercy encounters, God is going to show up for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can you just jump on your feet this evening? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Ah. You can't be broke. Ah, no, not even in a joke. You, 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 know, you, know, you know, they usually say those things. They'll say that, even when an, a, a lion is hungry, the lion can't mistakenly be eating grass. It is not possible. That is your story. I mean, even, even in a joke, you can't be poor. <laughs> even in a joke, your life is going upward. You, I mean, there is a direction set for you. And that is your portion. Because that should be your confession. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can we put together our seed this evening? Bring someone for mercy encounters. Invite someone. Tell them to watch. I mean, so honored by God to be able to speak to you this evening. And I want to sincerely thank Pastor and Pastor Abby for the opportunity. But you see, the truth is, beyond this evening, I want you to be ready for Saturday morning. Because, oh, oh God, it is going to be a messy encounters like we've never seen before in the mighty name of Jesus. Testimonies all around. What is it that has stood like a mountain before you? What is it? What is it? Ah, what is it? What is it? Take that song during the offering. Take that song during the offering. What is it? It will turn to be a testimony for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. That will be your song. Testimonies everywhere you go. Testimonies all around. Testimonies all around. Oh, the goodness of God will be so vivid. That's why it is our year of joy. Don't you get it? That's why. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. 
and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.